ashamed of the gospel, y'all. Uh, it's the power of God which can save us all. In the gospel, the righteousness of God's revealed. Yeah. And who lives by faith, the righteous. Welcome to Theology Matters, where we discuss theological issues through a biblical worldview. The gospel preached in clarity for the sake of the elect and for the glory of God. Here's your host, Austin Ryan Griffin. Acts 15, verses 1 and 2. Some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And when Paul and Barnabas had great dissension and debate with them, the brethren determined that Paul and Barnabas and some others of them should go down to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders concerning this issue. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Theology Matters. Theology Matters, it's very important. All theology shall lead to doxology, and we are going to get into this right here. Some stuff on the Council of Jerusalem. That is in your Bible. Um, We're going to jump into this. So this is a very important topic. Uh, God, through the Holy Spirit, has preserved this um, account for us to learn and glean from, and that's what uh, I plan on just breaking down. I'm trying to make my podcast shorter, uh, under 30 minutes, uh, and so that way it's more convenient for you. I'm well aware that most people probably wouldn't want to listen to me for more than an hour. (laughs) So... um, Very important, Acts, uh, I read to you Acts chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. They went up, that's the um, Council of Jerusalem, they went up to consult about this specific issue. Um, This is the Council of Jerusalem to decide on on if it's necessary for circumcision for Gentile converts. And they put it in their words, it was simply, uh, you cannot be saved. And so this is a salvation issue. This is very important. Um, And so we're going to jump into this. I'm going to start off uh, verse 3. Therefore, being sent on their way by the church, they were passing through both. And I'm, excuse me, I may not pronounce these uh, the best way, but uh, Phoenicia and Samaria describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and were bringing great joy to all the brethren when they had arrived at Jerusalem they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders and reported all all that God had done. But some, uh, and I want you to catch this, but some of the sect of the Pharisees who had believed stood up saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and to direct them to observe the law of Moses. Talking about Gentiles. This is, that should, that should shock you that they're saying this. Verse 6 then the apostles and the elders came together and took and took to look into this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brethren, we know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by the mouth of Gentiles would hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the hearts, testifies testified to giving them the Holy Spirit. We know that means being regenerated just as he also did to us and he made no distinction between us and them cleansing their hearts by faith now therefore why do you 
put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear. But we believe that we are saved through grace, through the grace of our Lord Jesus in the same way also they are, or in the same way as they are also. This is very important. This is very important. At your point in time when you hear, um, you hear, some Christianese and and some reading of the text, but inside of it, there's integrated, there's uh, injected traditions and false teachings of man. At this point, theology matters. They came to look into this matter. Why? Because this is a theological matter. So it's not just me or my great ideas thinking that theology matters. No. In fact, they thought it mattered in the first, uh, one of the first church councils. They, they looked into this matter. Why? Because theology matters. Theology matters. It's very important that we should look into this issue. And so let's do a little work. Here, here are these, these people, these men, this sect of Pharisees, coming along preaching something and and they're preaching circumcision as the you know a, a tradition of circumcision to be saved and or it's a necessity to be saved they'll hide behind little nuances whatever they were through their human tradition adding to the gospel they're adding to the gospel and that what were they adding obedience to the law and when i anytime i say adding to the gospel you ought to beware. You ought to beware. These men, um, now I think it's important, let's point out who these men are. Who are these men? Well, we know them as a sect of Pharisees. I believe later on they were called the Judaizers. Who are these men who, who are, that were integrating man's philosophy, teachings, and traditions inside the gospel, the teaching of the gospel? Um, and, and another question, was this going on at Jesus' time? And I would, I, I would, I'm going to clarify, yes, it was going on at Jesus' time, and I'll show you. Uh, and I would argue also that the description that Paul gave in Galatians 2, 4, chapter 2, verse 4, um, is, is about these men. And he said, yet because of the false brethren secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they may bring us into slavery. Paul dealt with circumcision. He said, if you accept circumcision, Christ is to no effect of you. I, I challenge you and encourage you, go read Galatians. But I want to I I hone in here on verse 1. Some men came down from Judah and began teaching the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom, you cannot be saved. And then later on, uh, you, you see that um, at verse 5, but some of the sect of Pharisees who had believed stood up. So these, these are believing uh, sect of Pharisees. Now they say it's necessary to circumcise them to direct them to observe the law of Moses. So this is, we all know one of Paul's greatest fears was a divided church, a Jewish church divided from an, a Gentile church. That was one of his greatest fears, and he fought against that, I think, the best way. Um, but who were these men? I think they're the Judaizers. M Matthew 15, you see that this is going on in Jesus' time. Matthew 15, verses 1 through 6, Jesus did deal with this. And it says, Then some Pharisees... And the scribes came to Jesus 
from the Jerusalem from Jerusalem and said, "Why do your disciples break the traditions?" I want you to catch that. You'll hear these words, traditions, traditions. Break the tradition of the elders, for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. So that that was going against their traditional interpretation, and I would say the Pharisees didn't know a whole bunch of head knowledge in Bible, and therefore it was they had no heart knowledge. No, they, they had knowledge. They had some light, but the reality of it is they had a false knowledge. They had a false light. They weren't actually super cold, dead, dry, and biblical. They were actually dead, dry, and unbiblical. Contrary to popular belief, they were unbiblical. They would add humanistic teachings and traditions to God's teaching. And that is a big problem. And so, for they, and so the moment the disciples did not wash, Jesus' disciples didn't wash their hands, oh, they got all over them. And he answered, and, and so there's an, there's an authority problem here because their traditions were exalted as, their oral traditions and teachings were exalted as authority and they weren't. And, and look what Jesus said. And he answered and said to them, Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Wow. It's in verse 3. Verse 4. For God said, Honor your father and mother. He who speaks evil of your father and mother is to be put to death. Right? But you say, Whoever says to his father and mother, what, Whatever I have that that would help you has been given to God. So this idea, uh, there was a commandment, honor your mother and father. Uh, we, we know that means just more than respect them. That is to take care of them. But the Corban rule, and I won't get into that, was, oh, if you give it to God, then you don't have to take care of your mother and father. And, and so that was a tradition. The Corban rule was a tradition that actually went against God's commandments. And in and, and verse 6, he is not to honor his father or his mother, and by this you invalidate the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy, and he goes on to prophesy, you honor me with your lips, your hearts are far from me. So you're starting to see that the, the, the Pharisees had humanistic man-made commandments and traditions that when pushed, they would transgress the traditions of God. Essentially, it was adding false teaching to the biblical teaching. These are false teachers, false teachings that are man-made. They're man-centered. And, and they would weigh burdens and, and weigh down the conscious, the conscious of people from what? From, and, and, and I'm going to jump in the future. What man-made teachings do... What they do is they burden, they, they find false, unbiblical standards, they exalt these standards, and what that standard ends up, these st false standards ends up doing is it burdens the conscience of men, it weighs them down from the simple faith and obedience to Christ that is motivated by love through the regenerating work of the Spirit. Matthew 23.4, they tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders. They do not themselves are unwilling to move them for so much as a finger. So they have a, it's a double standard. It's the way they live and what they preach. Mark 7, 5 through 8, the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not walk in according to live 
and according to the tradition of the elders, but they eat the bread with impure hands. And he said to them, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching the doctrines and precepts of man, neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of man. Well, so the teachings and doctrines of man, so and the traditions of man, you see. So I believe, honestly, these are the wolves that Jesus warned us about in Matthew 7. So we're doing some work. We're finding out who these men are. I think there's a connection in Jesus' ministry to now. We were warned about these false teachers. I think these are the wolves in Matthew 7. He said, beware of false prophets, those who speak for God. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly ravenous wolves. So in sheep's clothing, they're brothers. They look just like us. They're false brothers. And they're teaching prophetically. They're, in the, they're teaching. They're false prophets. They teach falsehood. And, this, and I believe those are the wolves that Jesus warned us about. And we're seeing this happen. And this is why the council is, is being gathered. Because they're integrating these false teachings. Um, the first false teachings was Gnosticism, which is a really jacked up. Beyond any way, any way I can express, is one of the one of the biggest threats. I still, to this day, think Gnosticism is one big threat because it's the New Age, but also these Judaizers. So the early church faced the Gnostics and the Judaizers, and these were the Judaizers. And so, th- this is who Paul warned about in Acts fifteen, or in Acts twenty rather. Um, this is a really good chapter, but Acts twenty twenty nine. Acts chapter 20, verse 29, and just listen up. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. So these are brothers who sneak in. They're, they look like your brother, but they're, end up, they're false teachers. And from among your own selves, he's, he's speaking to the elders in Ephesus here. I did some work on Facebook. You can go look at it. He's speaking to the elders of Ephesus from among your own selves. Wow. Speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, be on alert, remembering that night and day, for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish you with each one of tears. So he was hurt. But was he warning them rightly? I believe so, absolutely. So getting some work on these are these false teachers that are bringing in man's traditions and teachings and Jesus, we see, actually warned us about this. False Christ, false brethren. He warned us about wolves. He, and then you're starting to see that Paul utilizes the same terminology in Acts 20. That brothers would sneak in. And you start to see also, and this is a really good uh, description, I think. And, and I think uh, Paul hit it right on the head when he said this. But in Galatians chapter 2, it is a beautiful description that I think is accurate, yet because of false brothers secretly brought in. So now Paul is using this language of pseudo-brothers, false brothers, secretly brought in who slipped to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, that they may bring us into slavery. Wow. Wow. So I, I think I think I wanted to kind of do some front work to talk about who these people are. 
in in the council of Jerusalem that the reason some men came down from Judah and began teaching the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And let me give you some counterculture stuff. I'm actually going to make this podcast uh, two two parts because there's so much so much in this that I don't think I can get it all in one. So this is one of the first church councils. uh, That is, the apostles came together, the heads of the church uh, came in in to look at this specific issue. Uh, So obviously theology mattered enough to them to look into this. Nowadays in the seeker-friendly church, doctrine's not even a big deal. Together for the gospel, uh, they're a joke now. It, it, it is, look at the difference in our Western evangelical culture as Christians compared to what the Bible taught. There's a vast chasm. There's a vast difference. Theology matters. <laughs> Theology matters. And this is very important. Would you even be able to recognize if somebody was doing what was happening in Acts 15? And here's what I believe makes Paul countercultural. It says, And when Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas had great dissension and debate with, the, with them, the brethren. So great dissension and break. You can translate that. Um, no little strife. So it was a big deal. It was a huge controversy. It was a huge, no little strife and debate. So, so Paul debated. This frustrated Paul, this angered Paul, probably with a righteous zeal. Paul used this very colorful language in Acts or on Galatians. But now we've been taught to this sissified, false humility and love that you don't want to offend nobody. But Paul takes a different stance than popular Western evangelical, the, the popular seeker friendly. You know, doctrine don't matter, don't hurt nobody's feelings. Um, No, Paul had great dissension and debate with them. And I wonder what people would say to Paul. Paul, don't be too dogmatic. Paul, don't don't talk like that. It's It's not about theology, Paul. I don't need theology. I just need Jesus. (laughs) While making a theological statement. You got to wake up, people. You don't have to be smart to understand this. Brethren determined, the brethren determined that Paul and Barnabas and some others should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles concerning this issue. Concerning this issue. Very important. So they thought it was important enough to get together um, on this issue. And they came to the conclusion, uh, and I don't want to jump too far ahead of myself, but they, they have come to their conclusion. And then so now, what is the big deal? We're going to talk about next podcast. We're going to talk about circumcision. We're going to talk about, uh, I guess, adding to the gospel. But I do want to make some clarifications. Um, and I'll, I'll start. It says after. The, and so basically, this is after Peter kind of told them off. Uh, and, I, and I love what Peter said. He's, it's very uh, encouraging. He says... Uh, it's a, he confronted them and says, now, therefore, why do you, here's what they're doing when they preach stuff like that, put God to the test. 
preaching false doctrine, putting God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke neither which our fathers nor we can are able to bear. But we believe that we are saved through grace of our Lord Jesus in the same way they are also. Making there's no distinction there. Um, and then in verse 13, after they stopped speaking, then James answered, Brethren, listen to me. Simon has related how God first concerning himself about take, talking from among, taking from among the Gentiles a people of his name with the words of the prophets agree. So what did they do? What did they do just right there? Verse 15, verse 14, 15. Simon has related how, how God first concerned himself about, ta- about taking from among the Gentiles a people for his name. For the, for with it, with, I'm sorry, verse 15, with this, the words of the prophets agree. So what they say, they tied it biblically. That's not what the Bible teaches, but look what they did. They related it back to the prophets. So they did have a Bible that they were functioning and they looked at as the authority, contrary to what Andy Stanley believes. They did have the Bible. They were not trying to unhinge the Old Testament. Look what's going on. They said, what you're teaching and what the apostles, what the, what the prophets taught, wrong. What Peter is teaching and what the prophets teach, right. Just as it is written, after these things I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David which has fallen. I will, rebuild, I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord and, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name says the Lord who makes the things known from long ago. Therefore, it is my judgment. So, so what did he do? He based a judgment off the consistent scripture. We need to take a note. We need to study this council of Jerusalem. He says, therefore, I love how he bases his judgment based off with the consistency of what God's word teaches. Look what James is doing. I, I love that. And so, therefore, it is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles, but that we, but we write to them that they abstain from things contaminated by idols and from fornication, what is strangled from blood. For Moses and the ancient generations were at every city to those who preached to them, since he is read in the synagogues every Sabbath. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them, choose men from among them, send to Antioch with Barnabas and with Paul and Barnabas, Judas called uh, Barsabas and Silas, leading men among the brethren. And they sent this by that they sent this letter by them, the apostles and the brethren who elders to the brethren in Antioch and Syria and in Sicilia or Silica, who from among the Gentiles greetings. And so they wrote them a letter. And I don't want to jump too ahead of my far so we're going to say that for part two. But look what's going on there. We're going to talk about why in, next, in the next podcast, we're going to talk about why what they're teaching is just heresy. Why they're teaching that circumcision is necessary for salvation uh, or that you need it to get saved or you need it to stay saved. 
uh, and, and so uh, this is very important, guys. You got to understand what your salvation is, what the gospel teaches, that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, through what Jesus did on Calvary, and we're justified. We play no part in our justification. We do not participate in our rebirth, but we are reborn by the glory of God through the inner working of the Holy Spirit, giving us a new heart, therefore new affections. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is that we love God, and if we love Him, we obey His commandments. We do not exalt traditional man-made means that could be good, but we exalt them to a point where they're equal to the gospel and we need them as a necessity for salvation. No. No, God alone has saved us through the gospel of Christ. The gospel gives all Him glory. You did not participate in the gospel. The gospel changes me and you, saves me and you by what Christ did, and we are kept and sustained by Christ alone. And that's what sola Christus is what He did on behalf of us, our righteous substitute. And what did He do? He fulfilled the law of God perfectly and righteously. He took on your sins and he paid the debt you owe, and he absorbed the wrath that you, that was justly owed to you. You do deserve to be killed. You do deserve to have wrath of God poured out on you. But Christ was a propitiation. He, he appeased the righteous wrath of God, that penal, legal law that we broke and that we deserve wrath because he absorbed that. And he rose on the third day, and he is seated on the, on the right hand of God on the throne, praying and interceding for us. I don't believe his intercession fails. He's drawing men unto him. People are being saved by the preaching of the gospel. And so I think we should uh, look into this. Uh, I want to encourage all my brothers uh, and sisters uh, that listen to this, I want to thank you for sticking with me uh, during the birth of this new podcast. Uh, I am... I've, I'm getting married. I am. Um, I've recently found out that my wife uh, is is pregnant. Heather is pregnant, and I'm hoping it's a boy. So you know, while I'm going on this new season of my life, I just want to thank all y'all for supporting me. Uh, you know, a, a bunch of shout outs uh, to a, a brother. I can't remember all your names, but you know who you are. I love you. Thank you, and keep supporting me. Share my podcast. Uh, other brothers especially that come from a, a men's home you need to share it with them it's going to help them um, and, I, and I have a heart for all my brothers and, and sisters uh, that come from that background and I believe this will be very beneficial for them and so I just want to thank you remember put your faith in Christ alone he died for you on the cross and he rose on the third day and he is drawing you and sanctifying you and, and conforming you into the image of Christ and so I just want to encourage all your brothers thank you for listening and God bless you guys.